The Bernstein and Holmes Show. If you had asked me before that, this is our plan for what we're going to do at halftime. And you had said, we are going to announce Jerry Krause. We are going to put his name and his likeness on the Jumbotron. I would have said, the fans are going to boo. I felt bad because he was a bold, bold, bold general manager. And he won six titles. It's just unfortunate. Dan, I mean, you're getting pushed back on it now, and I'm sure you did when the last dance came out about your impression of it. Saying Kraus did not break up the Bulls is 100% wrong. Dude, I was there. I lived it. I saw it from the inside and the outside and everywhere in between. Don't tell me the hell you think you are. Who do you think you are? I am. I saw all the negativity. My agents were the Musburgers, the same time they represented Phil Jackson. You know how much I got from their side that I could never bring to air? All off the record, all on background about what was actually going on, about the ego battles that were going on, about who was pulling at who. Tell me. Kiss my ass for that. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 a.m. to 2 on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're broadcasting live from the Hyundai studios, brought to you by our local Hyundai dealers. I got to tell you something, Lawrence Holmes. You did it right. Why? What did I do? You did it right, you sneaky bastard. (laughs) What did I do? You left town just as all of the Arctic air was coming in. And you're like, I'm, I'll am i be over here. I'm just looking at me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave. I'm going to get on a plane. I'm going to go out to the desert. And then you're like, oh, well, I, I can't get home. I'm here in Phoenix. <laughs> and I, I can't get a flight. And then all the, the, the moment you come back, the temperatures are going to moderate. That is really... That is quite the gangster move you pulled off there, man. So I got to tell you, Sunday, I'm walking around. I was in Gilbert on Sunday having brunch, and I'm sitting there going, man, I don't want to go home. And then I sat down in one of my favorite spots. And you got the text saying your flight was canceled. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guess what? I'm not going home. I'm not going home. And But then it was like, okay, I need a place to stay, and- it worked out like I'm in the same place that I was just in a different room and it's 10 feet from Odyssey Phoenix. Like I, the walking to work, the commute was one minute over here. But yeah, I I was sitting there going, oh, and then I was looking like, OK, let me try to get home as quickly as possible. My flight Monday morning doesn't work. And they had cleared out everything from the day. They were like, yeah, don't try flying on Monday. I was like, all right. Okay. So then I looked at Tuesday. I was like, well, nothing. I would have to miss the show and then probably not get home anyway. So I just said, screw it. They had a studio available and I'll just be here for the next couple of days and hopefully I can get home on Wednesday. The only thing- I am so bummed that I can't be there tonight. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you talk about someone disrespected. Man. So I, I can't be there. What are you doing? I got to clip my toenails. You know how that is. Yeah, every, everyone's got a story. The only thing that was close to what you pulled off was when the the first time the polar vortex hit, was it three years or four years ago? And Beth was in Cabo. It's perfect. And same thing happens. Like, oh, I got to stay two extra days. And, you know, the, the, the client's taking care of my hotel. And I was like. Oh, okay. She's like, yeah, I'll be down here for a little longer. 
hanging yeah. out with Sammy Hagar over at Cabo Wabo. Yeah, that that that's what makes all the sense in the world to do. So my mother texted me and she's like, I it's like I'm mad, but I gotta ask, what's the weather like? And I said, Oh, 67 and sunny. So like perfect. Just like perfect walking around and enjoying things, weather. So it's been good. I feel bad for everyone at home. I called my brother. I told him to go water my plants and turn on my water in, in, in my place. Smart. Yeah. So things are good, I think. Good. Well, what did you this make? This wasn't it? the plan. This, uh-huh, this, is, this uh-huh, is just yeah, the. Oh, sure. uh-huh, yeah. Okay. No, yeah. Fine. This is just the, you know, we had to scramble. You had to audible. Red 7, Red 7. And that's what I'm doing here. In sunny Phoenix. And leave it to the Bears to be the team that isn't interested in Jim Harbaugh. So, yeah. I I have so many thoughts about this. And I wanted to run some of it past you today on the show. All right. Here's my thing. What if you weren't guaranteed to Jim Harbaugh? And and before you answer, Dan, because we all know what your answer is, I'm I'm speaking to the the royal we of the the Bernstein and Holmes audience here. Would you have fired Matt Eberflus for a chance at Jim Harbaugh? Not a guarantee, but at least to bring him in an interview because I think that that's part of the problem here. I and I don't have this. Uh, this is not me reporting anything or anything. I'm just. I, I am very much cu- curious about whether they didn't talk to Harbaugh because they already had a head coach in place, or they did talk to him and he said not interested, which is why they kept their head coach in place. From what we've been told, the the Bears organization. I don't know who, whether it's Poles, whether it's Warren, whether it's George McCaskey or everybody involved, that Harbaugh was a non-starter, which I think is insane. Yeah, but but I also feel like that's a little CYA. You know what I mean? I feel like, oh, well, we weren't interested in Jim Harbaugh. Maybe it's like when you're you're chasing someone and you're like, oh, I never liked that person. There's always a number, is, is my point, that if Jim, if he's interviewing with an NFL team, it, the Bears have a, a it's it's a imperative, it's a professional imperative to call Don Yee, Yee and say what's what what's the number? If the number is X for the Chargers and it's two X for Chicago, we've got it. What's the number for your interest here? Because there's all there's always a number, and they've got all the money in the world to do it. Anything short of that is malpractice. Theoretically, there's always a number, but we're dealing with a mercurial person in Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. There might not be a number. He, his feelings for this organization might be so bad that knowing that he's going to get money on the back end, he it's not like he's he's here hat in hand. He can go back to Michigan right now. And get a hundred million dollars. Well, let me let me answer your question then before we get down that road. The answer is I would have fired Eberflus to fire Eberflus. Correct. I I know I, that that's your answer. I would have done that regardless of who was available because I think you can that this defense is going to be great no matter who's in charge of it. And I would have brought in an offensive mind as my head coach because I think that's how you do it. 
and I th- this guy has done nothing but show me he's he, if he maxes out everything he does, maybe replacement level, and, yeah. and that's not good enough when you're trying to win a Super but, Bowl. No, I I understand that. I I think that I probably would have done the same thing. That if 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 Harbaugh is standing on the principle of your job's not available. I'm not going to talk to you about a job that's not available. I probably would have made the move because the replacement level for Eberflus, I think, is fairly easy. They they don't. So even if you strike out on Harbaugh, there are coaches that are as good, if not better, that are still available that you could go find. That That's how I'm looking at it. But... When it comes to dealing with Harbaugh, I I don't – it's part of the reason we had the discussion in transition last week where I was saying don't think that the Bears is the most attractive job. I don't know what the relationship between Harbaugh and Kevin Warren was, but it didn't seem like it was great. And if you already have some bad feelings about whatever, I don't know how he feels about the McCaskies, but I'm trying to put everything out there to say – if any of that stuff was going to keep him from being the Bears head coach, there might not have been a number. It, it might have been all sorts of stuff. It might have been, okay, yeah, I'll take your job, but guess what? I'm bringing my own general manager with me, and I'm taking all of your money. And your women. <laughs> right? Like it, it could He could have come in here like a pirate. You, you don't know. You don't know. But I don't want to be a pirate. Uh, maybe he does. All right, let's hear what Dave Wanstead had to say when David Haw this morning on the Mully and Haw show asked him directly, did the Bears act too soon to decide on their guy because of the names that are out there? Pete Carroll's not going to do anything that Matt Eberflus can't do right now. From uh, Look at our defense. We are a top 10 defense. And all we got to do is add a few players to it. And we're going to be there. That's not going to go away. That's not going to change. So I, I would say, now, if you were going to hire Jim Harbaugh, uh, an offensive guy, and Jim was going to come in, and, he, and you were going to draft Caleb Williams, and all this stuff was settled, and Jim could put in the offense that he wanted and do what he wanted to do or whatever, then you say, well, maybe you got the head coach who's going to call the plays uh, as an offensive guy. But Belichick does nothing for you there. Pete Carroll does nothing for you there, guys. He really doesn't. Uh, you know, this football team played hard for Flus. They believe in Flus. They played hard because they played hard, and this defense would play hard for whoever would be calling I, the plays next year. I I do think that I I really don't like Dave like kind of dismissing those two names just because – what they've meant to football. And I think that considering the type of guy that Pete Carroll is, I think that he would have probably engendered the same type of respect and love that Eberflus got from these guys. And Bill Belichick just would I'm Bill Belichick. Like, shut up and, and do what I tell you to do. And all this stuff is going to work. I think that Matt Eberflus is probably a replacement level head coach. At best. And I'm, I'm okay with them keeping him, but the fact that there have to be so many guardrails put up is concerning. It's sort of like, remember when Illinois kept Ron Zook? Yes. And this is this is how it goes. It's like we, you're, we're, we're, we're confident in our coach, we're keeping our coach, but we're stripping him of all kinds of head coaching responsibility with which we used to trust him. 
it, like what, what are you telling us? It, it's similar to to uh, Ference's kid in Iowa, yes. where it's like, yeah, you can still be the OC, but we need all sorts of rules and, and things for you to hit for us to to want you to keep the job. I I I understand why they would maybe want to keep him. I get that part of it. I just if it doesn't allow for you to explore like would the cost of losing him knowing that you could probably find someone of similar ability and talent even if you struck out on Harbaugh, Carroll, Belichick. Yeah. Like even if we take those three guys out of it, you could probably find someone similar to Matt Eberflus, right? Yes, anywhere. A try hard guy? Yes. Somebody with an acronym who wants his players to try really hard? Yes, I think you can find that anywhere. But but I if if Harbaugh ends up taking the Chargers job, I just think that there are a lot of things that would make that more attractive and that's before we get into the relationship or ships that he has with people who are in charge of the Bears. And and we don't know and I'm I'm not trying to tell you that I know. I just want you to keep that in mind. And I will say that whenever I hear anyone associated with the Bears telling you that they were they were no longer interested, they they were not interested in Jim Harbaugh. We didn't want him anyway. My my reflex is well, you had a head coach, so saying that you were looking for another head coach is bad business. He may not have been interested in you, and you can't say that because that makes you look bad. All of that stuff, like put it in a pot and and stir it up. It's both seeing him interview with the Chargers and then happily be like, we interviewed Jim Jim Harbaugh today for our head coaching vacancy does make you wonder, did they miscalculate who they could have had the opportunity to get had they just opened the job. Speaking of the Bears, we've got you covered with the latest updates and discussion on the Bears headed into their critical offseason. Download the Odyssey app, search for 670 The Score, tap follow. You'll get alerts on Bears coverage. And if you just can't get enough Bears coverage, check out the Take the North podcast. Good luck with that. Not with the podcast, with actually Taking the North. With David Haw and Dan Wiederer breaking down the biggest storylines for the offseason. Follow Take the North on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. When we come back, let's talk about the actual football. Oh, what we God. saw over the weekend, what you saw over the weekend, what we saw yesterday, and some of these other storylines where there, there there are places where you thought maybe six weeks ago, so would you have traded places with this franchise and you would have been jumping to do it? Maybe you're not thinking similarly right now. We'll discuss next on The Score. The Bernstein and Holmes Show. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes, powerhouse pairing, 10 to 2 every day. On 670 The Score. Second down and six, and Kelsey with tears in his eyes on the Eagle sideline as Gainwell goes up the middle, gets a yard to the 41, and that's going to do it. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers clip the Eagles' wings and send last year's NFC champion home. A 32-9 win for Tampa Bay. The Westwood One call of an embarrassing performance by the Philadelphia Eagles. After all that, and you have a chance to wipe the slate clean in the playoffs, and that's the performance you put out there, and you've got your, your tight end 
yelling at your quarterback on the sidelines? Yeah, that was ridiculous. I mean, what what's going on there? What I, is going think, on there? I think what's going on there is you might have to fire the head coach. You might have to. Indeed. Like it phrased just like that. You might have to fire the head coach. Because that I I I almost never. It's really hard. You have to have a a a a, a real good scout's eye to say that a team to go to the point of saying a team wasn't trying as hard as the opponent. But they they looked like that second touchdown makes definitely makes man, you think that I, I I don't know if there's like a physically if, if there's an issue mentally physically whatever it is conditioning desire somebody give them a dose of the hits principle and accountability we, you know, we what we saw principle. what we saw from the Eagles last night was not representative of who they've been for the right. last like three years. We we saw them not want to tackle, and they didn't have some of the excuses that some of the other teams had. The weather was great. They were in Tampa. But for the last five weeks or so, that team has just been on a slide, and they haven't been able to get out of it. With all of the veteran leadership that they have, with the, the really good quarterback, with the Hall of Fame center, with the Hall of Fame three technique in Fletcher Cox, they have not been able, with guys like Darius Slay on the roster, they haven't been able to get out of their own way. And there's questions. One of the things I said in the group chat last night, and I think it holds, to me, the Matt Patricia thing feels like such a panic move that to me it's worth firing someone for. Because you never, ever, never, 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 ever, never, ever put him in charge of anything. He's not the answer to any question that you ever have. I've got it. We need more Matt Patricia. No, you don't. It's a terrible idea. It's the kiss of death right there. That, that's like saying we need more balsamic vinegar in this dish. The guy who it's couldn't never correct. The guy who couldn't figure out how to defend Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, we need more of that guy. And you and sit yeah. up straight when you're talking about that man studs. And, yeah, and, 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 and he's a total penis burger. And and we do it with what three weeks left in the season, like that. That seems that seems criminal to me to to do it that way. I hate that for uh, former Bears uh, DC Sean Desai. Man, he he's seemed like a sharp guy when he was here. He's one of those guys that he's a sharp is, guy when Vic Fangio was calling the defense. Yeah, that's, well, that's a good call, Dan. It's a good call. Well, I, he, look, he that team was ten and one. The team was 10 and 1. They were doing fine. And Desai's one of these guys. He's a wonderkind. Like a lot of people think that he's so brilliant and has so many good ideas. That's what made it even more disappointing that your solution to this problem is Matt Patricia. It's never the solution. Ever. Let me read you some numbers 4,044 yards passing. On 64.3% completions, 28 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and a rating of 94.6 in 17 games, a full season. I feel great for Baker Mayfield. I'm very happy for Baker Mayfield, too, because he's going to get real rich. I don't know if he's going to get rich in Tampa because they have a lot of cap issues, but he's going to make some money. I'm just and a fan. I, I've I've always liked him. I find me too. I find him very likable. I think that he was overdrafted. 
but I've always I've always liked him as a player and I don't think that we should be talking about like him maxing out money but considering the year that he had and is still having cuz they're still playing he he is extended his career where Tampa could have been like the last stop for him as a starter now he's extended that time for another 3 years or so depending on where he signs and for what he signs. So I'm very happy for him. And he, I hope that he, that they can figure out a way for him to stay down there because I don't, I, I don't know if I've seen him this happy, like even watching the post game interview last night, I don't know if I've seen him this happy as a pro. And I know that he's gone to the playoffs before this just feels different. And when you're able to smack those guys around the way that they did last night, you should be supremely confident in what it is that you're doing. Have you looked at the early point spreads for the remaining games? No, I haven't They're checked huge. them out yet. I need to jump on the FanDuel to do I, that. I did it this morning just just out of curiosity. What I'm, we got? I'm, I'm always interested in it, even if I'm not necessarily going to bet on it myself, just because of because these the odds makers are, are generally very smart. So there's always something to be learned by why they're set where they're set. So... I was a little blown away. Let me just ask you. I'll just give you the game. You okay. give me what you think the spread is. Okay. Okay? Let's go. Texans at Ravens. The Ravens should be a five-point favorite. They're an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Okay. Packers at Niners. The Niners should be a touchdown favorite. They're a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Wow. Wow. Right? Bucks, Coming off that performance. Bucks hmm. at Lions. The Lions should be a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Six. Nicely done. And lastly, the Chiefs at the Bills. The Bills should be a two-and-a-half-point favorite. You nailed it. Woo, baby. Well done. But I was a little surprised to see how, how and especially now that the Texans are really – have you been listening to this? They're really true believers in, like, the anointed by God thing. You know, well, D'Amico we, Ryans is talking about they all, they're all, basically, they're saying they're the chosen team of the heavens. Well, isn't that something that's been an issue with the Texans for a long time? But I thought with Jack Easterby gone, they got rid of all that stuff. It, I don't know. It seems like a weird thing to do, but okay. I just think someone should tell the odds makers that they've been chosen by a higher power to be to to be that team, I I would I there's a big spread against them. Then that's quite quite the bet against the all powerful and and all knowing and omnipotent. Very very dangerous game to play because then you have to explain that if you don't fulfill sure. what you deem your destiny to be. That's the Tebow stuff. That's that's the Debo Samuel. That Debo Samuel Dabo Sweeney thing about it might be Debo Samuel. Who no, knows? Dabo Sweeney's thing about his ministry and and all that and that the, their nil is the is the power of the of the lord and all it that. compels you right it's like if i'm if i'm looking at nil i'm like that's not good enough i need yeah. actual money but that's just fine at some point this week i i i would like to talk about how quickly things changed in alabama i mean it just was like i'm retired Oh, we brought in one coach, and he said no. He's going to go back to Oregon. Oh, we just hired the Washington coach? Cool. Let's keep going. It was just like that. 
Like everything was just done. Like, let's get on that recruiting trail right now. Okay. No, it doesn't take – I mean, if you do it right, if you have enough money, it doesn't take long. This, this, you don't have to go into the fortress of solitude and deliberate everything and wake up at 2 in the morning with Kevin Warren. You can just – He gets up at 4.30 without an alarm clock. Get it right. Oh, sorry. I mean, you, you can just make a move. Hey, what, what's it going to take? All right, we can go. We got that. You coming? Sure. All right. Next plane. I, I think out of all the things that we saw this weekend – and. There was a lot of bad, like football's bad. Like I heard Goff talking on his podcast. He's 100% right. We love the product, but the product is spoiled. It's not good football that we're watching, and maybe we'll get that in the divisional round and maybe you know championship Sunday. I was flabbergasted by what the, the Packers did to the Cowboys. And it was, I mean, It was hilarious. It really was. It was hilarious. They just walked in there and they were like, yeah, you guys are not good. And the Cowboys are like, you're right. We're not good. And if you're going to play an extra defensive back, you're like, oh, it's a it's a light box and we have Aaron Jones. Okay, yep. we're just going to run him every time until you yep. – And it, they didn't get too cute and they didn't stop doing something that worked. It's amazing what happens when you realize, oh, you're giving us this and we're allowed to keep taking it. Watching Jordan Love with every single throw get more and more confident uh-huh. is wild. Uh-huh. The type of stuff that he's willing to try now, Uh-oh. The, the the throwing off the back foot, the small windows, like he's, it's so weird because obviously we've watched Favre and Rodgers the last 30 years and now they've created a hybrid. Now, now, just being in Green Bay with those quarterbacks, they've now created some sort of hybrid between the two guys. Yeah, somebody said that this is like discovering there's a third Death Star. And, yeah. And, and this time they, they realized that the exhaust port was just, just a, a mistake or it was sabotaged. And, and I forgot what the weakness was in the second Death Star other than they could just like fly right in and blow it up. Yeah, it's it's all, there's always some sort of design flaw. Yeah, that that's an even bigger like they had an excuse on the first Death Star. The engineer did that on purpose, and and then leaked, then got the plans yes, out there, yes. and then you're able to take advantage. You know what? The you know second what? one is just like, oh, can we just blow it up? Oh yeah, let's just go. Well, blow the it. second one, they willingly let them know where it was while it still wasn't complete because they thought they could just take them all out right there. But it was complete enough. It was fully operational. Right, but they, they, they ignored the fact that, oh, we have no way to prevent them from just flying in here. <laughs> well, again, I think that what we learned is that, the and it's funny because if you're watching all of the different shows, you do find out about the bureaucratic side of, of, of the dark side and, and the empire. Mm-hmm. They need a better due diligence. Like someone needs to bring the plans to Lord Vader and be like, "Hey, Can you look these over." Hey, Lord Vader, this seems weird to me. Now, look, I'm I'm not a Sith Lord like you, but uh, this seems to be a design flaw. Could you take a look at this before I I requisition this out to be built? And then Lord Vader could go, we shouldn't have that. We shouldn't just have some sort of built-in weakness. Show me the engineer who built this, and I'm I'm going to force choke him. <laughs> He's like tapping at his phone, putting it on his schedule. <laughs> force choke, 
engineer, two p.m. Wednesday. Right, exactly. I, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I have to cancel that lunch. And then I don't know, Vader's looking for his just salad bowl, <laughs> and, and you just see like when when the guy that tells him that leaves, Vader's just like again, again with this. Like I gotta deal with this. Why he's can't we? The, I'm, I'm trying to get a Death Star built. He's on the phone with the Emperor. Listen, boss, you're not gonna believe this. But one of these idiots down in engineering built in something that can blow us up from the inside. Again? Right. Yeah, again. And then, then, then Vader's like, maybe we should start looking, about, looking at whether or not we should be building a Death Star. It seems to be that we can just overwhelm them with all of our Star Destroyers. And we can just do that. Sure, it'll take longer. But the possibility of us being blown up from the inside is way less. So if the so maybe the Packers now have the third Death Star without the tragic flaw, without the planned obsolescence. And then what we got is a problem. Yeah, big one. And we are going to discuss it a little bit later on. When we come back, there was a name that was mentioned this past weekend that has annoyed my partner. And he's going to tell you why next on The Score. Bernstein and Holmes, your midday destination for Chicago sports talk on 670 The Score. You know, obviously you want to have somebody that's a great teacher. You know, uh, I think that's important because, you know, he has to coach the coaches to coach the position. And I think that's the number one trait of any great coach. Um, you know, you have to be able to have uh, the innovation you know, to, to really look at um, the players that you have and be able to help enhance and put those guys in position to succeed uh, and to get explosives and to move the ball down the field. So um, that right there, I think, is the most important thing. Uh, the, the teacher part of it and then the innovation part of it and the creativity, I think, is going to be the biggest part. Always inspiring stuff from Powdered Toast Man talking about the offensive coordinator position. And by the way, thanks to the uh, alert texters who pointed out that the second Death Star technically was protected by the shield on Endor. That's true. But But. the shield was pretty easily blown up with a simple explosive charge. And I don't know why it took them to do it. When those, why didn't those hedgehogs do it themselves on Endor? Well, I don't know. They, were they really working with explosives? They kind of seemed to be working with rocks. Well, but, but the rocks knocked over all of the like the the walking things. They hit them with with logs. Yeah, if, but, but, if you could, but if you need a, if you need a shield blown up, you can't use rocks. Yeah, they could. I mean, I guess they could, but it would take a long time. Whereas a, an explosive charge gets it done pretty quickly. Yeah, I know, but seriously, how many thousands of squirrels would it have taken for They're them to not squirrels? Yeah, they, they, go, they go over there, called Ewoks, and hit them with rocks. Ewoks. <laughs> like, what are you waiting for? It's like, oh well, now here, here come our saviors with their blasters and their tree speeders. We see one of the dumbest things ever: go up over the trees and then down to where you need to go. Correct. Instead of going among the trees. Where you can very easily be knocked off. For no reason. That ru- it ruined the movie. We, we walked out of the movie, and my Uncle Denny, he's just like, I, I don't get it. <laughs> he said, why are you going through the trees? I know they're tall trees, but go up over the trees, over the tops of the trees, go to where you want to go, and then go straight down. 
Maybe the cycles can't get to that level of elevation. They probably can't. They're speeders. They're not flyers. But they have flyers. It it's Star Wars. Well, of all the things to like to choose to, to, to go fo- in these giant tree trunks. <laughs> I'm saying, of all the things I'm to focus on it. in this ridiculous concept of a movie, that's what you walk away with, though. I mean, come on. How about the fact that they built a second Death Star? That's, that's the thing that you should have been. But that was always nitpicking. that was always my uncle's job to when you walk out like like in Die Hard Two, where he said, "Hold on a second, they're in Northern Virginia, and they were so certain." That there was going to be that much snow that they had snowmobiles waiting in the forest in and northern all, Virginia. In all white outfits. Yes. He said they're not, they, they were acting like they were in Saskatchewan. You're in northern Virginia. How about that heel turn for John Amos? Yeah. The throat slash. My goodness. Yeah. He was awesome. And that also, it was uh, Fred Thompson, too. Stack him, pack him, and rack him. Fred Thompson playing Fred Thompson as he That's did right. it every as he did all the time, every- except for when he was on Law and Order, where he played Fred Thompson as a prosecutor. Right, but he was all he always played Fred Thompson, so it was a great job for him. But that's not why you called. Leave it to the Bears and leave it to be. Leave it to the Bears <laughs> to now be talking to Greg Roman. Am I the only one that think that's a riot? Like just as we know, they're they're likely moving on from Justin Fields. After we talked about Greg Roman or a Greg Roman-like figure being the guy to bring along Fields as he did Lamar Jackson, that now is like, wait a second here, we should talk to Greg Roman. But you you know you're not going to have Justin Fields anymore. Oh, well, I guess we did it in the wrong order. It's just funny to me. Well, I, I guess you could still make the argument that if you draft Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels, that there is going to be a run component to to their game, and you could still use them. One wonders, though, why you wouldn't have, I don't know, like brought him in as a consultant early on or at the – like when things went haywire – at the end of last year, you would figure some stuff out, but then the league caught up. I would have figured that that's a person that you would have talked to in the offseason and had Getsy talked to in the offseason, or if you wanted to, you could have replaced Getsy. I get that, that what Paul said about trying to put together the staff very quickly, like I get that part of it, but once you are now in a space where you have some time, this is one of those avenues that you should have gone down with a first-time play caller. And some of these other guys, I've never. I, do you know who Liam Cohen is? Had you ever heard of him? No. But that's okay. Uh, like I, I don't, I don't necessarily have to have heard of. Like if this person is, is an up-and-comer or people think this person is brilliant, I'm okay with that. Talk to everyone. You're in a position now to talk to everyone, so that's, talk to everyone. And you know that's my belief. When you, It's free looks. It's free information. It is always you, – you never turn down an opportunity to just bring somebody in and talk to them. What I, would you have done? Like that, that, how you looked at our film because that should probably be a requirement if you're going to hire someone. What would you have done with – and where did we go wrong? How would you have attacked it? That sort of thing. Liam Cohen is the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach of the University of Kentucky. Okay. And he was offensive coordinator under McVay with the Rams. He was an assistant coach at multiple colleges. Great. 
it, you should be talking to college coaches because of the offenses that are run in colleges right now. You should be looking for something that's going to be more friendly for the quarterbacks that you're going to bring in. But this is the kind of name that we thought it was going to be, but see what people think and hire the best person. And like you say, the the undercurrent to all of this is the fact that it looks like Ryan Poles is going to have his his fingerprints on this coaching staff in a way that he did not previously. But isn't that what everyone wanted? Kind of. But you know, you never want to be in that. So you never want that because that means you don't, that the head coach isn't trusted. But, no, but I mean where if he's identified an issue and he's figured out some ways to try and make it better by inserting himself into the equation, isn't, isn't that look? I, but you're treating the symptoms instead of treating the problem. I, it's, I it's, don't. You're jury rigging everything instead of just saying this doesn't work. Dan, I don't disagree with you on this. I I just am trying to figure out. There's something about Flus that we don't know. There's something that whether it's the relationship with he and Poles or something that Poles saw in Flus that we just can't fathom, and because we can't fathom it. It looks bizarre that he was retained, considering I, the amount of talent that's I, available. I don't think there's something that we're there's something secret about him that I, I just think it's typical Bears half-ass laziness comfort zone stuff. Well, then everyone has been Bears, then it's time to start over again. Mm, you're so close to getting it. You're so close. Everyone. to Everyone, oh. but but this is the path that they've chosen. I know they just brought in the guy. And then, you know, it's a lot of stuff. A lot of moving parts. Next up. A lot of ins and outs. A lot of what have you. Mm -hmm. Patrick Manley is going to join us. Keep it here on The Score.